0: Good morning. How are you this bright, shiny Sunday? We are glad to see you here at Church on Main, whether you're with us here in person or with us at home. Um, we hope your morning is starting off as beautiful as the sun was outside on my way here. And so right now, we'd love it if you'd stand and join us in singing worship songs to our Lord. One, two.
1: The power of sin and darkness, whose love is mighty and so much stronger, the King of glory, the King above all kings who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breath. All kings. This is amazing grace. This isn't failing love that you would take my place. Grace, this is unfailing love. That you would take my place, that you would bear my
2: cross.
1: You lay down your life, that I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for me Worthy is the Lamb who was slain Worthy is the King who conquered the grave Worthy is the Lamb who was slain Worthy is the King who conquered the grave Worthy is the Lamb who was slain That you've done for me, all that you've done for me.
3: You're so Tempted and tried End of yourself do you thirst for a drink from the well Jesus is calling Trade them for joy. Tell the world of the treasure you found.
0: Let's pray together. Precious God, thank you so much for bringing us together today and for sending your son to die for us. Lord, we thank you that we know that we are forgiven of everything. And that you paid the ultimate price and you sent your son to die for us. And God, in this time of year where we're preparing to get through that time and to recognize what you've actually done, Lord, just keep us mindful that the challenges that we bear here on earth will be nothing compared to the joy that we will feel in heaven. Lord, right now, calm our hearts and our minds and focus us on this lesson today and that we can learn what you need us to learn. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray, amen.
4: Amen. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Thank you all for coming and joining, <clears throat> joining us for worship today. It is a nice day for us to be able to gather together, and I thank you for being here. I want to apologize up front to the Ables and to Melody. Because they had to listen to me sing this morning back there. And that's, that's not, never the, the greatest start of a worship service, I'm sure. sure, But we're glad that you're here. Now, thank you for coming to join us as we gather here. There's a lot that's going on within our church right now. Please take the time to look at the materials that we've handed out to you. Because everything that's there is important and gives you a lot of information. We invite you to our Wednesday night worship services they have been it's very well attended surprisingly so compared to other years and we are very glad that glad of that we invite you to come and join us for dinner at 5:15 and and worship 5:45, and we hope that you will take the time to do that uh, we have a lot of mission activities that go on in our church all the time we have one that is particularly being going on right now Melody Bezella is going to come and tell us about that this morning go over there good
5: morning morning. i'm melody and i would like to tell you a little bit about our church's blessing box Um, because we get a lot of questions about it and also because you might have seen uh we're having a linton food drive right now for the blessing box the blessing box is located right outside this door in this grassy area um, it contains items of food and toiletries that anybody walking by can take um, anybody in our community we stock it with things like canned pasta canned meats soup crackers granola bars and toiletries like toothpaste toothbrushes deodorant and so on um, these are the items that we've found work best for the box um, I was, Telling someone else that in the past we had originally stocked it with things like boxes of spaghetti and spaghetti sauce and vegetables and that kind of thing. But we realized that that was being left because we really need to stock it with things that are ready to eat immediately. So um, we found that this works best and the people that use it are college students, single people, families, all kinds of people walking through our parking lot uh, use our box. We have a team of about 12 people who volunteer for a week at a time and they stock the box three times a week, 52 weeks a year. If you see that the box is empty, it's because the box is used so much. Um, but we decided that filling it three times a week provided a lot of food and was affordable. So speaking of affordability, we uh, spend about five to $6,000 a year on items for the box. And this money has been raised through um, a grant and then also your personal donations of food and money Uh, during Lent. Again, as I said, we're collecting items each week and you can place it in the boxes. There's one box out by the Welcome Center and there's a box under the coat rack on this doorway. That box stays out there all year long. So we need food all year long and you're welcome to um, put food in there all year long. Um, We also accept cash donations that you can designate to the blessing box and we also have an Amazon wish list where you can order online and have it shipped directly here. If you have questions about that, I'll be glad to answer them. Um, And and then one other thing I want to note about this uh, collection is that we're sharing the items from this collection with New River Community College Food Pantry, which there's a great need there also. So please be generous and thank you for feeding our community.
4: Thank you, Mary. The reason that we're making it a point to highlight this ministry right now is because there's more food insecurity right now than we have seen in a long time. There have been a very much of a run on the the food bank here in town and I Happened to have seen people several times this week that are using our blessing box. There was one family that was using it on Wednesday that very clearly needed the help. So we're trying to, make, trying to draw attention to this just because we need the, the support off of it and the work that we're doing with it is really making a difference with people. So be in, be in prayer for that and, and remember to contribute to it today we are continuing with the series that we started a few weeks ago called the i am series it's on the i am sayings of jesus and the reason we started this is because john's gospel is the evangelistic gospel and we're called to be an evangelistic church we're called to be the branches that are reaching out from the vine that is jesus christ and our job is to try to produce as much fruit as we can for god and for his kingdom that's why we're looking at the I am teachings of Jesus. These teachings are about as close as you're ever going to come to the perfect fit for the vision that we have laid out for the future of our church. Two weeks ago we looked at the, the teaching I am the bread of life and it, we did that because it fit our, our first objective of our vision next process to grow God's kingdom to reach the next person by implementing new and creative ways to engage with our community through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the bread of life. He's the nourishment that we need in order to live the kind of full and healthy and complete spiritual life that God wants us to have. And our goal is to reach the next person with that message and to do it as well as we possibly can. Last week we looked at the second objective of our Vision Next process, to expand our next generation ministries to reach more students and young people by providing increased opportunities for engagement with the gospel. The scripture that we looked at was John 8, 12. I am the light of the world. Why did we use that? We used it because light is absolutely necessary for life. Everything we see to get around is dependent on light. The food that we eat that keeps us alive cannot grow without light. What Jesus was trying to say to us is that we can't grow spiritually any better than we can physically if we don't have the light of God's grace within us and within our existence on earth. That's a two-minute synopsis of the first two series, first two sermons in this series. Now I want us to look at the third of this series, which is the third objective of our Vision Next process to complete the next steps toward laying the foundation for kingdom growth. The scripture that we're looking at today comes from John 15, verses 5 and 8. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. But apart from me, you can produce nothing. This is how you glorify God, by producing much fruit and thereby showing that you are my disciples. Let's pray together. God, let your spirit be with us as we gather in here today. We have come here to worship you, to to offer our best to you and to offer our best in thankfulness to you. But we've also come to learn from you. Help us, O Lord, to learn from your word as we gather here today that we might be the best we can be in the world in which we live for you. In your name we pray. Amen. Fifteen years ago, my wife and I went to San Francisco to celebrate our 30th wedding anniversary. And while we were there, we took a tour of the California wine country. I expected that tour to be good, but I didn't expect it to be as interesting as it was. Every winery that we went to was unique, to say the least. But they all played a part in what was very obviously a central mission. And that mission was to promote the California wine industry to the world. We learned a few things there that at least I had never known before. For instance, the, with the exception of Disneyland, the, the, the vineyards and wineries of California, that's the second most popular tourist attraction in that country. And America is the largest retail wine market in the world. Over 35,000 people are employed by the vineyards and the wineries of America and Wine is a $40 billion industry in America. Americans bought 267 million cases of wine in 2009 and they drank 800 million gallons of wine in in that single year. I assume that about a million of that came from Blacksburg anyway that that number has grown every year since then and keep in mind these numbers don't even include the vineyards that produce grape juice we spend another 13 billion dollars a year on grape juice my point is the fruit of the vine is big business in america If all of the vineyards in America suddenly died, there would be a huge hole in our national economy. But even though the vineyard industry is important, Jesus took the vine and he gave it a far more important value. He gave it a spiritual value, one that we need to look at it far exceeds the economic value that we will ever have. Why? Because Jesus' teachings about the vine are one of, answers one of the most important questions that we can have in life. And that question is, what is our purpose for living? The Bible makes it very clear that God doesn't do anything just to be doing it. Whether there's a purpose for everything, with everything there's a purpose. Whether you're a Christian or not, you were born for a purpose. And if you don't find that purpose in the course of your life, you have wasted your life. So, What is our purpose? Well, let me give you a clue. It has to do with the vine. Vines are planted. Vines are cultivated. Vines are managed to do one thing and one thing only, and that is to produce fruit. That's what Jesus meant when he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. Our calling is to connect ourselves to Jesus through faith and then to produce the fruit of the vine for the kingdom of God. This is how you glorify God by your producing much fruit and thereby showing that you are my disciples. We are the family of God and our calling is to spiritually procreate. And we're called to produce fruit, to add members to God's family. That's why our third objective of our vision next process is to complete the next steps toward laying the foundation for kingdom growth. Every plan that we've made, every plan that we're going to make is designed to produce fruit. We want to grow God's kingdom by growing our church. We want to produce new believers. And and then we want to grow them to be the kind of strong believers that can actually become the producers of fruit. We want to create the kinds of disciples who want to go out and become those branches that that will produce the kind of fruit that can change the world. This past Sunday night, we had a town hall meeting here to to look at the plans for the renovation of our sanctuary. It was a very good meeting. People asked a lot of questions and some of them disagreed with some of the things that we were doing, but nobody was rude. Nobody was angry. Nobody said nasty things to each other. Nobody criticized the team that had put these plans together. At the end of the meeting, Cecil McBride said something like, we've been planning this work for a very long time and, and I think we just need to get on with it and get it done. And when they did, the room kind of burst out in applause. That was a good thing, and it it was an exciting thing to see happen. But there are a few things that people are worried about, they're concerned about. And in the past, I've had people ask me something that I might have expected to have heard, but I didn't. They said they wanted to know if Jesus would spend the money to renovate a sanctuary that is, quote, just fine the way it is. There are all kinds of ways to respond to that, but I think the best way to respond to it is to say this. Jesus loved the temple in Jerusalem. He went there to worship over and over again. He taught in the temple until the temple officials stopped him from teaching. He tried to show the people who came to the temple a better picture of God than they had ever seen before. Jesus went to all of the great festivals that were held in the temple. And, And he thought that building in Jerusalem that sat up there on Temple Mount was a beautiful building because it was a beautiful building. And... When Jesus started thinking about the destruction that the Romans were going to rain down on Jerusalem and the temple, if the people didn't follow his way of peace that he was trying to show them, Jesus wept out loud when he thought about the destruction that was going to come, when he thought about the death that would come to the people, when he thought about the destruction that would come to the temple. Jesus loved the temple and the people who went there because Jesus loved God. He loved the God that the temple represented. The building was precious to him and he didn't want to see it destroyed any more than he wanted to see the people destroyed that was going to go there. The building, this building that we sit in right now is the temple that our God has given us, and it's, it's a beautiful gift that we want and need to maintain. Countless thousands of people have come through this building since it was built in 1953. Countless hundreds have made professions of faith and been baptized in our in our baptistry behind me. Hundreds have been married in this building. We have said goodbye to hundreds of people who, who loved this place and, and gave their life in ministry to it. We have ordained hundreds of deacons and hundreds of ministers in this building. Over 60 people have made commitments to be ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ through this church just in the years that I have been the pastor here. This sanctuary was remodeled in 1974 and now it's time for us to remodel it again because when we take care of the gifts that God has given us, that's good stewardship of God's gifts and of God's kingdom. Is this building the church? It certainly is not the church. We are the church. If if these buildings are destroyed tonight, we will still be church on Main. We will gather together. We'll find a place to meet and we'll try to go on with our ministries, but This building gives us the ability to do ministry to people in ways that we would not be able to do if we didn't have it. And the work that we're doing to to renovate this building is going to give us the ability to use this room for more than just Sunday worship as we gather here. By replacing the pews with chairs, we'll be able to reconfigure this room when we have special events and we'll be able to hold more things in this room than we have ever been able to do before. It'll give us opportunities that we've never had to to try to minister to people with the gospel and very honestly, it'll be a more comfortable room to be able to do that. Are we doing what we ought to do by remodeling this facility? Yes, I think we are because it's good stewardship And you people know me very well. Many of you have known me for 27 years. You know me well enough and you've known me long enough to know that if I thought it was the wrong thing to do, I wouldn't do it and I wouldn't move forward with it at all. I believe this is the right thing to do. But there's one thing that I know for sure. I may think that something else is the right thing. There's one thing that I know. If we do nothing, that's what we'll produce. Nothing. And that's not what we're called to produce for Jesus Christ. We're called to produce much fruit and to glorify God while we're producing it. Jesus said again, I am the vine and you are the branches. The ones who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. What we're trying to do right now is just one of our next steps of growing God's kingdom. By, by, by selling the part, at least all or part of the land that we own out the street, it'll give us the opportunity to do all that we need to do here, debt-free in the process after we have begun to pay off any loan that we take when we first start out of this. But it will do something more than that. It will also produce the kinds of funds that we need to do the kinds of other ministries that we want to do outside the church to start making new disciples beyond the doors. This town is full of people who will not come to our church or to any other church because they don't believe in what we believe. But They would come to a community gathering that some of our people would hold in the neighborhoods that they would have. It would be an opportunity to get to know them. It would be an opportunity to meet them more than one time. And as they get to know us and as they understand who we are, they can begin to respond to the gospel and they can begin to come to our church through that outreach that we are doing. It will give us the opportunity to become greater branches than we have ever been in the past. It'll give us the opportunity to produce fruit that will glorify God. We can lead people on the outside to be part of God's church and God's family, and we can lead them to the connections that'll produce more branches for the vine. Back several years ago, there was a large Presbyterian church in Belfast, Northern Ireland, that decided to do a religious census of its community. There was about 2,000 houses that was right in their community, and they were going to survey those houses to, to try to get a sense of where people are in their spiritual lives. Were they members of a church? Did Were they interested in church? What could they be doing that would try to reach those people that were not going? Took several weeks to try to get all of that done, but after they finished, the pastor was looking over the comments that his members had made as they had gone around to the doors talking to the people. One of those comments was, we don't believe in God and we wish you'd just leave us alone. They heard that one more often than they had hoped they would hear it. Another comment was, we used to be Presbyterians, but now we don't go to church. We used to be Baptists, but now we don't go to church. We used to be Anglicans, but now we don't go to church. We used to be Methodists, but now we don't go to church. They heard that one time after the other. Another one of the comments they, they heard over and over was, the children go to Sunday school, but the parents aren't interested in church. But the comment that the pastor read that bothered him the most was a comment that was made by, on only one survey by only one person and yet he could not get it out of its mind the comment was christian but disconnected that pastor said he started dreaming at night about somebody who was on life support and they kept disconnecting themselves from the power source he said The person in his dream was willfully and intentionally choosing to spiritually die. They were a branch that used to be connected to the vine, but they chose to prune themselves from the source of life. The pastor just could not escape that comment. He preached on it following Sunday. And when he did, somebody came up to him and they said, that man proved himself from the church, not Jesus. When he did, the pastor said, God created us to be connected to one another through the vine of Jesus. The New Testament makes it clear that there is no such thing as a solitary Christian. A branch can't disconnect from the other branches without disconnecting from the vine. And to disconnect from the vine is spiritual death. If we're connected to Jesus, that'll breed a desire to be connected to the branches. If that desire isn't there, then there's something missing in your connection with Christ. God wants us to be in communication and in communion with God and with one another. He wants us to have communion with the family of faith, which is why we're focusing on this this vision next journey that we are on. We want to provide the steps to being connected to God and to God's family because we believe there's something to be found in God and his church that can't be found anywhere else. So what is it? John fifteen eleven. I have spoken these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. The first thing that can be found through Jesus Christ in the church is joy. And remember, I've said this many times, but there's a big difference in joy and happiness. Happiness comes with circumstances, unhappiness comes with circumstances. Depending on what's happening to us, we're either happy or unhappy. But joy is being connected to Jesus Christ, who will never leave us and never forsake us, no matter what our situation is. We're trying to build the steps to Jesus because Jesus is the joy of life he can empower us for whatever our situation happens to be be it good or bad the second thing that we can find in God in his church is love and friendship and those two go together because God's love produces true friendship this is my command love one another as I have loved you no one has greater love than this that someone would lay down his life for his friends you are my friends if you do what I command you to do. And this is what I command you love one another. Jesus is the vine, and the vine is flowing with God's love. And if we become a branch to that vine, that vine is going to produce the fruit of the vine, which is love and friendship. Do you like to know why there was was not nastiness going on in our sanctuary last Sunday night? It was because we're connected to the vine. Nobody wanted to be mean to each other. They expressed their opinions, and they expressed them well. But when we finished expressing them, we were the family of faith, we were love and friendship that had come together. God's power is through love, and that power produces the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The vine is Jesus, and the branches are us, and those branches produce loving friendships that are born from the fruit of the Spirit, and our calling as the people of God, is to produce the kind of relationships that will show forth the fruit of God's love to the world. Love has the power
1: to change someone's day, to lift someone's heart, to comfort someone's soul. Love is a language that everybody speaks, men and women, young and old, rich and poor love is the character of God who loved us before we loved him who loved us so we could love one another love is not just a feeling it's a commitment not just an emotion it's a decision love is about giving not getting Jesus said love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you love
4: one another, this is the power of love. This table that we are gathering around today is symbolic of the fruit of the vine that our God has given to us as a gift, it's symbolic of the bread of life that our Lord has come to nourish us with. When we come to this table, we are making a commitment. We are, our commitment is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love our neighbor as ourself, and then to try to go into the world to produce the fruit that our Lord wants us to produce. Today, as we come to this table and as we take this meal, as we dip the bread into the wine, and as we taste it as we walk away, let us remember that we are not just remembering what Jesus has done for us, as wonderful as that has been, but we are making a commitment to try to do for him as he has done for us and to try to do for the world around us because he is the vine that gives us our nourishment of, of our spirit. And we are the branches that are called to produce the fruit. Let us commit ourselves to the fruit of the vine, to the bread of life, that we might be the light of the world. Let's pray together. Lord, let your spirit be upon this meal that we are about to take. Fill us with your grace and with your love. Help us to know you and to know you well as we partake of this meal. And let it nourish our souls so that we may go into the world to try to help nourish the world through your grace. For it's in your name we offer our prayer. Amen. We invite you to stand, come down the center aisle, take the bread and dip it into the cup, and remember the commitments that we are making. Come forward. Yeah. Catherine, that was absolutely beautiful. That was moving. If you've come here today and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ for the first time, let come and let us know that and we'll help you with our next steps in, in, that, in that process. If you want to join our church and be on mission with us, we would love to have you. If you'll let us know that, we'll help you with those steps as well. This is the day that our Lord has given us as a gift for us to be able to live into the world and become the fruit that He is praying for, that He is wanting, that He is offering to us. Let us become His fruit. Let us do the best that we can to live out what He has given us and to show the world that it can always be better. Now may the Lord bless and keep you and make His face to shine upon you and give you peace this day and every day, now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you, everyone.